G'day, I'm Ian Swain, the owner of Swain Destinations, and welcome to another G'day with Ian Swain. Today we move back to South Africa, and my guest is Al Alistair Luna, who is the general manager of Tinswallow Safari Products. The Tinswallow family, owned by the Corbett family, comprises Tinswallow Safari Lodges, four of them, and Tinswallow at Boulders and Atlantic near Cape Town. My first visit to Tinswallow Safari Lodge was when I flew by chopper with a small group on, while on safari to see personally what everyone had told me about and raved about not only the safari experience there, but the family feel that is synonymous with this group. Tinswallow Atlantic is a magical place. And one of my daughters, Leander, who celebrates weddings, went to Cape Town to officiate at a wedding to one of her close friends. She called me and dad, have you heard this place called Tinswallow? I'm going there. I had just been there and told her it was one of the most beautiful settings in Africa, which you will love, which she did. So welcome, Alistair, and thanks for taking the time to share with us some of your safari experiences. Ian, thank you so much for, for having me on the show, and thank you to Swain for, for letting this, uh, letting this uh, show go on. Okay, Alistair, before we go on a safari with you, because I know you love safaris, I wanted to talk about your Cape Town properties, and in particular Atlantic, where my daughter just recently visited. A while ago, the property was damaged in a fire, and you rebuilt her back with some modifications. How is it coming back from a disastrous fire and having the joy of managing to rebuild such a beautiful property? You know, I think, uh, Ian, it comes back to um, the Corbett family. Um, what an incredible family they are. And, and when that fire did, um, did burn the lodge, um, the family and the, the whole Tinswala Atlantic team and the whole brand um, was ready to, to, to go again. And I mean, it was a disastrous fire, but within a day or so, um, the family was already planning new plans to to build it and get it going. You know, it is such a, a magical scene, and uh, the staff are such a team that to to get it going and 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 up and going again was 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 pretty easy. And uh, the family did an amazing job with with rebuilding that, and it is even better than it was. Yeah, I visited both before and after, and it truly, as I said before, is a magical property. Do you feel clients find it easy to get into Cape Town waterfront and the city for touring from the property? Yeah, I mean, our, our, our clients have, have no problem with that. We, it's about a 30 minute um, scenic drive along the coast and they're in the waterfront in, in, in 30 minutes from the lodge. And then after the hectic hustle and bustle of shopping in the, in the waterfront, they come back to a nature reserve to their own private beach and, and a beautiful sunset at the lodge. Yeah, I find the clients enjoy relaxing at the property. I feel it is a great place to really start their South African journey after the initial flight from their hometown, rather than racing about Cape Town from day one, and just being able to take in the beautiful setting for a day or so. Moving to your safari experience, how is the Manualetti Game Reserve different from other nearby private reserves in South Africa? You know, I'd say the Manuleti is, is different in, in many ways. Um, it's 27,000 hectares, which is approximately about 60,000 acres. It uh, runs a borderless um, boundary with the Kruger National Park. There's no fences. So to the east, we border the Kruger National Park. To the north, we border the Timavati. And the south, we border the Sabi Sands. So it's a completely open system with all those reserves. It's, as I said, 27,000 hectares. There's only three lodges in the whole reserve. So very, very minimal vehicle densities. Um, and for me, um, as a guide, it's, it's, it's large, it's got different landscapes. Um, there's a vast amount of animals, all general game, and especially the cats. Um, we get a lot of lions, a lot of leopards and cheetahs. So, you know, it gives you the whole rounded um, game experience, the Manuleti. 
Yeah, the, uh, when I was there, I realized that it's such a wide and great expansive area. And as you said, only three lodges are involved there. Uh, so you had social distancing for a long time and it's continuing on. Can you just talk about a typical day or days at one of your safari camps? What happens? So a typical day, um, and obviously depending summer or winter, but um, normally we get up at about uh, five o'clock in the morning. Um, we wake the guests up. The guests will have a lovely coffee, tea, and some muffins to get out. Then game drive will depart, um, just say about half past five, six o'clock, as I say, depending on the season. Game drives are normally three to four hours, but it all depends on, on what you see. I mean, the Manuleti is so big and so vast that some game drives can be six to eight hours. Um, but on average, our game drive is about three hours. Um, we obviously take snacks on the game drive. So um, we, we head out on game drive. We back for breakfast at about 9, 10. Um, it all, all depends on the guide and what you see. As I say, the chef fits in with our schedule. Um, then you'll have a breakfast. Um, after breakfast, the, um, the guests can go into the spa. They can go to the gym. Um, we offer walks. Um, then lunch will normally be around about 12, 1 o'clock. Um, and then after lunch, guests can relax again. And then safari normally heads out at about 4 o'clock. It's another three to four-hour safari um, back for dinner. And we always keep the guests guessing where they're going to eat for dinner. Are they going to eat in the boma? Are they going to eat in the wine cellar? Um, and then we can do stargazing after that. So that, that would be a typical day um, in the safari lodge. Now, the big importance on safari, of course, is, is the animals and, and seeing the animals and being explained what the animals are, which is all about the guides. Can you give me a little background as to the training that your guides or rangers um, have to go through before they become a qualified guide to take our guests? So um, all, our, all our guides are, are qualified um, with FAGASA, which is Field Guides Association of South Africa. Um, we only take guides with a, a minimum amount of five years experience um, into the lodge. And then you have, obviously have to have all your FAGASA qualifications, all your rifle handling qualifications. And we like to take guides that are level two and up with FAGASA um, with a vast amount of experience. Um, they also come into the lodge and we do our sort of own internal um, training just to make sure the guides are, as I say, 100% qualified and up to, up to standard. Um, before they even drive guests, we will have a six-month um, lead period where they'll learn the roads and go out with the other guides. And then only then will they go out with your guests. Yeah, I know. I'm always in on. I've done over 200 game drives in my time in different parts of Africa. And I'm always in awe of the drivers or the rangers to actually get us back to the camp. I mean, you've got these little dirt roads all over the place and just to find their way back to the camp is a feat, let alone finding the animals. So I take my hat off to them. They're, they're trained very well. As you know, Alistair, we do a lot of honeymoons with, with guests. And as you know, the, the safari is a popular experience for newlyweds, particularly if they're using your suites at Tinswallow. And if you have a, if you have a honeymoon couple staying, what is something special or extra special you can do for them while on safari? Well, we, we always surprise them with, with, with many, many surprises. Um, we've got a, a beautiful hydro bath and spa. So when you're on honeymoon, we give you a complimentary hydro bath lunch at the spa with beautiful champagne. So you won't know about that. We'll just arrive at lunch and say, listen, we've set up lunch for you in the, in the spa. You'll go to the hydro bath and we do beautiful um, dinners out in the bush for, for honeymooners. And uh, yeah, wherever we just make them feel special. And with so many special areas, and you alluded to some of them before on the reserve where you can have meals. One actually I love is right in front of the lodge at Tinswallow Safari. And do you find the guests get surprised to be having a meal in the riverbed in front of the lodge like you do? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, when they come back from game drive and all the, the lanterns are out in the riverbed, um, the guests are completely blown away by being able to sit in the riverbed. You know, they all day they watch the elephants come and drink from the water in front of the in front of the lodge. So to be able to be out there, obviously in a safe environment with the rangers um, and under the, the African stars is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a memory I've had for a long time and I'll never forget it. It's just a truly magical place. Um, we also do a lot of multi-generational families, you know, grandpa and grandpa and Ma and the kids and then the grandkids. And being a grandfather myself now, I really appreciate multi-generational families. And they're a big part of our clients and we do a lot of, uh, a lot of their travel for them. What benefits does the Swallow Family Camps, uh, which you've got a couple of, offer to enhance their stay? Yeah, no, I mean, our family camps is obviously Manor House. It's um, Tinswala Family Camp in the Valkafauna Game Reserve. And then our new um, lodge, Lapalala, Tinswala Lapalala. And those are also in the Waterberg. And what we try and do with, with families is, um, obviously, we've got a, an amazing kids program um, for the kids to keep the kids occupied during the day so the, the, the parents can go enjoy the spa. Um, but the rangers and trackers take the kids out and do a really sort of great program with the kids and just keep the kids entertained. And then obviously the game drives, you know, with the rangers is family orientated. The lodges are family orientated. So the family's together and it really just makes a whole family experience. So how many people can you have on one of your vehicles on game drive? Yeah, and at the lodge, um, we have a maximum of six people in, in the vehicle. But um, obviously, if a family comes and requests more, we will do that. Families do like to be together. So um, six, six maximum, unless it's special request. Right. Now, during the lockdown, which we've been experiencing, are there any extra precautions instigated to protect the wildlife at your reserves? I mean, do they, do they miss us being there? Of course, they miss, they, they miss all the guests. Um, the rangers also miss all the guests. Um, but, I mean, we've got a very good anti-poaching unit on the reserve, and they're really looking after the animals. And then what we as lodges are doing is creating our virtual safaris, which not only takes the brand to all our um, guests stuck at home, but also helps the anti-poaching unit. You know, we more eyes and ears out on, in the bush. We do patrols every morning and every evening. So we just, as I say, eyes and ears for, for, for the reserve as well. You've also, I noticed, started up virtual safaris or virtual game drives, as you call them, where you go out and you, um, you tape the game drive itself, which you're putting online, which I think is a great, um, great experience for us to, to look at and see and just see the animals and what they're doing. Um, I ask this question to all my guests um, because it really overwhelms me, the showing of support globally for the local communities during this lockdown process. I wonder if you could share some stories of the communities that you work in um, that are showing over and above what they've done to support one another during the lockdown. I think, you know, if I, if I just look at our lodge, um, what, what, what our family and our lodge is doing is we've got three incredible feeding schemes, one in this area, one in, um, in Cape Town at Hout Bay at Atlantic, it's called Yebel Fresh, and then one in Johannesburg. And uh, we, we're doing all these feed schemes and sending out food parcels to, to people who are not able um, to acquire food. So that's one of the big things. Another one we're doing here is a lot of the local um, farmers in these areas don't have any materials. So we're, applying, uh, we're supplying woods um, for their crawls and their dip tanks for their cattle. So everyone is getting together in this time of hardship and, and really helping. That's great to hear. I mean, there's just so many wonderful stories. 
Well, the last couple of times we met, we met in Nashville together when you came up to train our great staff about your products. And then you came into the office just late last year. So I look forward to seeing you again and hopefully it'll be on safari when we can go out and see the animals and let them know that we're still around and we, we, didn't, get, we didn't get poached. And um, we'll see you soon. But I really appreciate the time you spent with us today explaining some of your wonderful experiences that you can provide our clients. Thank you very much, Alistair. Yeah, thank you, Ian. And once again, thank you to Swain. And we really appreciate all the support from Swain. And we look forward to seeing you guys on Safari and in Cape Town again. Thank you. Thanks, Ian.